0: Section 29 of Waverley, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Waverley, or it is 60 years since, Volume 2, by Sir Walter Scott. Chapter 64, Comparing of Notes theron's story was short when divested of the adages and commonplaces latin english and scotch with which his erudition garnished it he insisted much upon his grief at the loss of edward and glenigritch fought the fields of falkirk and culloden and related how after all was lost in the last battle he had returned home under the idea of more easily finding shelter among his own tenants and on his own estate than elsewhere a party of soldiers had been sent to lay waste his property for clemency was not the order of the day their proceedings however were checked by an order from the civil court the estate it was found might not be forfeited to the crown or to the prejudice of malcolm bradwardine or Grabbit the heir male whose claim could not be prejudiced by the baron's attainder as deriving no right through him and who therefore like other heirs of entail in the same situation entered upon possession but unlike many in similar circumstances the new lad speedily showed that he intended utterly to exclude his predecessor from all benefit or advantage in the estate And that it was his purpose to avail himself of the baron's evil fortune to the full extent this was the more ungenerous as it was generally known that from a romantic idea of not prejudicing this young man's right as heir-male the baron had refrained from settling his estate on his daughter this selfish injustice was resented by the country people who were partial to their old master and irritated against his successor in the baron's own words the matter did not coincide with the feelings of the commons of bradwardine mr waverley and the tenants were slack and repugnant in payments of their mails and duties and when my kingsmen came to the village with the new factor Mister James Harry, to lift the rents, some one cherry person I suspect John Heatherblatter, the old gamekeeper that was out with me in the year fifteen, fired a shot at him in the gloaming, whereby he was so affrighted that I may say with Talius in Catlenham, ablut invasit iripit fugit he fled sir as one may say incontinent to stirling and now he hath advertised the estate for sale being himself the last substitute in the entail and if i were to lament about sick matters this would grieve me more than its passing from my immediate possession. whilk well, by the course of nature must have happened in a few years, whereas now it passes from the lineage that should have possessed it in secular secularum. But God's will be done. Humana Popesae sumus, Sir John of Bradwardine, Black Sir John, as he is called, who was the common ancestor of our house and the inch little thought such a person would have sprung from his loins meantime he has accused me to some of the primates the rulers for the time as if i were a cut-throat and an arbiter of Bravo's and assassins and coup-jarrats and they have sent soldiers here to abide on the estate and hunt me like a partridge among the mountains as scriptures say of good king david or like our valiant sir william wallace not that i bring myself into comparison with either i thought when i heard you at the door they had driven the old dear to his den at last and so i in proposed to die at bay like a buck of the first head but now janet canva you give us something for supper Oh, ay sir i'll brander the more fowl that john heather butler brought in this morning and ye see poor davy's roasting the black hen's eggs i dare say mr Waverley, ye never ken that o' the eggs that were so well roasted at supper in the our house were i turned by our davy there's no delight o him only grateful for his fingers among the hay hate ashes and roasting eggs davy all of this while lay with his nose almost in the fire nuzzling among the ashes kicking his heels mumbling to himself turning the eggs as they lay in the hot embers as if to confute the proverb that there goes reason to roasting of eggs and justify the eloquim which poor janet poured out upon him whom she loved idiot boy davy's no so silly as fault taken for mr Wyverley he wouldn't have brought you here unless she had kenned you was a friend to his honour indeed the very dog's canger mr wiverly for you was a kind to beast and body i can tell you a story o oh davy where his honours leave his honour you see being under hiding in their sad times The mare's a pity, he lies a day and while's a night in the cove in the hag but though it's a blighty enough bit, and the old joinman, o' coarse co as pound it, where a campbell o' stranger messed, yet when the country's quiet and the night very cold, his honour while creeps down here to get a warm at the ingle and asleep among the blankets and gang zara in the morning and so a morning siss of fright as i got twa unlucky redcoats were up for black fishing or some sissian ploy for the neb o thems ne'er out o mischief and they just got a glisk o his honour as he gied into the wood and banged off a gun at him i out like a jir falcon and cried what they shoot poor innocent bairn and i flew at them and thrippit it was my son and they damned and swore at me that it was the old rebel as the honour had flung off him to gang the faster and he came out o oh, the very same bit o oh, the wood majoring and looking about say like his honour that they were clean beguiled and thought they had never let enough their gun a ah, cracked brain sawney as they called him and they gave me saxpence and twas summons fish to say nothing about it now nah, now nah, davy's no just like other folk poor fellow but he's no say silly as folk taken for but to be sure how can we do enough for his honour when we and ours have lived on this ground this twas hundred years and when he kept it my pure jamie at school and college and even at the her house till he gade into a better place and when he saved me from being taken to perth as a witch lord forgive him that would touch sir a pewy's silly old body and has maintained pure davy at peck and manger must his life waverley at length found an opportunity to interrupt janet's narrative by an inquiry after miss she's well and safe thank god at the Dutch run, answered the baron the lads distantly related to us and more nearly to my chaplain mr rubrick and though he be of Whig principles yet he's not forgetful of old friendship at this time the ballet's doing what he can to save something out of the wreck for poor rose but i doubt i doubt i shall never see her again for I morn lay my veins in some far country. How now, your honour, said old Janet. You were just as ill off in the fighting, and got the bonny barony back, and ah, and now the eggs is ready, and the moy cocks branded, and there's ilk and a trencher and some salt, and the hill o' the white loaf that came from the ballys and there's plenty o brandy in the greybeard that lucky Malcherry sent down and winner ye be supposed like princes i wish one prince at least of our acquaintance may be no worse off said the baron to waverley who joined him in cordial hopes for the safety of the unfortunate chevalier they then began to talk of their future prospects the baron's plan was very simple it was to escape to france where by the interest of his old friends he hoped to get some military employment of which he still conceived himself capable he invited waverley to go with him a proposal in which he acquiesced providing the interest of colonel talbot should fail in procuring his pardon tactfully he hoped the baron would sanction his addresses to rose and give him a right to assist him in his exile but he forbore to speak on this subject until his own fate should be decided they then talked of glenequich for whom the baron expressed great anxiety although he observed he was the very achilles of hotreus placurus impica incrandius exoribus a which he continued has been thus rendered, vernacularly, by Straudan Robinson, a fiery utter cap, a fatitious chowl, as hot as ginger, and as stave as steel. Flora had a large and unqualified share of the good old man's sympathy. It was now wearing late. Old Janet got into some kind of kennel behind the Davy had been long asleep and snoring between Ban and Busker. These dogs had followed him to the hut after the mansion's house was deserted, and there constantly resided, and their ferocity with the old woman's reputation of being a witch contributed a good deal to keep visitors from the glen. With this view, Bally McWeeble provided Janet underhand with meal for their maintenance. And also, with little articles of luxury for his patron's use in supplying which much precaution was necessarily used, after some compliments, the baron occupied his usual couch and Waverley reclined in an easy-chair of tattered velvet, which had once garnished the state bedroom of Tullelan for the furniture of this mansion was now scattered through all the cottages in the vicinity and went to sleep as comfortably as if he had been in a bed of down End of chapter sixty four recording by elaine webb bristol england